Hey there, motor sports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I am your host, Lainey. Round 7 Rugby League is behind us, and there are a couple of big wins, a lot of sin bins, sore losses, and more worrying injuries. At this stage of the competition, we are seeing a ladder that is shifting each week as clubs are beginning to find their rhythm and mojo to gain traction in what has been a mixed start for clubs. In this episode, we touch on the best and worst performances of Round 7 and share with you our previews for Round 8. The Canberra Raiders have the bye this round and they are no doubt happy with their win over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Rugby league viewing remains at top quality and with a change to scheduling this round, fans can enjoy footy on Tuesday. We're getting into that phase of the competition where clubs need to prove they have the metal and skill to match up to some formidable clubs. Joining me on the panel today is Gabby, Emma and Lachlan. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to the NRL show. We've got a full panel on tonight. So round 740 is over. Some of the panel, we had um, some disappointing results of our tips. But Gabby came out on top calling seven out of the eight games correctly. Well done, Gabby. Um, is anyone else in your family getting a Melbourne Storm tattoo, might I just ask? Uh, not yet. My mum goes for Manly, so I'm probably the one having to get the tattoo this week. <laughs> no, but my uncle Nathan appreciated the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Also, all credit to the winning teams as we saw some great displays of rugby league and athleticism in this last round. There were some blowouts and some disappointing performances, but let's do a quick roundup. Club or player, best performance of the round and why? A little bit controversially, I've picked the Knights for my best performance. I know they lost, but it was their best game they've played all year. They made all the little one percenters come together, put in such a big effort and even though they got beat they took the premiers to golden point and I feel like they deserve all the credit so yeah Knights got my best performance. Yeah I completely agree I was gonna say them as well I thought they did really well and it was a pretty exciting game Um, and yeah we all know how I've felt about the Knights previously but they've just really been impressing me lately and I think that was the best game that I've seen so far so yeah I'm going for them as well. I'm gonna go for a player Unlike you guys, uh, I do agree though the Knights had a great performance against Penrith, but I'm going to go with uh, DCE for my Player of the Week uh, against Melbourne, who was really instrumental in getting that win for Manly, and it was a, a very important win at that. So, yeah, they're the Adams. Yeah, good call. Um, well, I went for the Knights as well. Um, I actually have been calling this my match of the season so far, um, and it was actually really great to see a big home crowd turn out for them too. Okay, so uh, let's ask, um, worst performance? Melbourne, 100% Melbourne. They they were not in the game against Manly and they kind of looked like they couldn't manage the adjustment of Munster back at fullback and, yeah, Manly's line speed made them look silly and Bellamy even labelled the team dumb at times. So, yeah, they're going to cop it this week, Melbourne, for sure. I think I'm going to be a bit unfair here just because I had such high expectations for this team coming into the season and they haven't, they're not really living up to it at the moment. So I'm going to go with the Roosters again, like I did last week, losing to Cronulla. Even though I tipped Cronulla, I thought the Roosters might just be able to, to, I guess, surprise us and show us what they have been doing for the past few years. But yeah, it was just a really disappointing performance and we'll see if they can bounce back. For me, I'm going to go either the Dolphins or the Titans for their second half. Uh, both teams, they came out really strong in the first half and then the second half, they just let the game get away from them and 
um, yeah, it was pretty disappointing for both of them, I think. Yeah, fair call. Lachlan, I went with you. Um, I thought Roosters were pretty disappointing as well. Again, we always talk about these guys being among the sort of the top sort of clubs there and they just weren't able to sort that out. But good on the Sharks. We'll get into round eight. So we've got a bit of a stretch roster ahead with Anzac Day and the public holiday and games will be played on Tuesday instead of Monday. Perhaps a bit of pressure on teams with a shorter recovery period post-match, but we do have a Darwin match to look forward to and an exciting New South Wales match-up on the back of some big and hard-fought victories. So the Raiders, after their win in Canberra over the St. George Illawarra Dragons, have a bye this week. So with that, let's get into the matches ahead. For the first game on Thursday, the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the Penrith Panthers at Sydney Olympic Park. It looks like wet weather footy, according to the weatherman. This is the second time these teams meet the season, and the Panthers best the Rabbits. Uh, previously by four points and in their last match in 2022, which had the Panthers win by a 20-point margin. So the Panthers are back up at second place in the table where many will say they deserve to be. It wasn't quite the big blowout we were expecting against the Knights. I think Lachlan, you predicted a 30-point win to the Panthers in that last game. So I think this one will definitely be a blockbuster match for fans and viewers to look forward to. Both teams winning their last match, we shall see. So for the teams, Rabbitohs, Second rower, Michael Chikam, is named to start in place of Kion Kolomatangi. He's been spotted hanging around Marubra in a moon boot, and he's out after sustaining syndesmosis during a tackle against the Dolphins in the last round. There were some talks about him possibly uh, being picked for origin, but that might not be happening. Um, I think they will definitely miss him in the middle. Uh, winger Isaac Tuitupul Thompson, he's back from an ankle injury, and Ta'ani Milne becomes 18th man. So the Rabbitohs haven't defeated the Panthers at uh, this particular venue since apparently 2017. And Rabbitohs fullback, Latrell Mitchell, he only needs nine more points to reach that 1,000 career NRL points. So I think they'll be looking to uh, propel themselves on the back of chasing that good news and something to celebrate about. So I tipped against the Bunnies in the last round as I actually wasn't certain that they were a consistent team to pull a win over the Dolphins. And they won in Brisbane with a huge margin, proving me wrong and shutting me up. All right, bunnies, I see you. Well, the fifth and the ladder, and I felt that win was a, perhaps a little bit easy for them. So maybe you can come back at me about um, me making that call. But with Bromwich off the field in the burn, the momentum really shifted. They gained a lot of points from then on, and they showed they can work well and attack and spread their plays. They need to obviously sort their errors out, as that's still an issue for them, and their tackles need to tighten up, and especially so against the Panthers. So for the Panthers, Liam Martin is still having hamstring issues, so he's out. Scott Sorensen's named as his replacement on the starting team. Lindsay Smith, he goes to the interchange bench, and Luke Garner is in the reserves. So he's back from a rib injury and the 18th man. So the Panthers have won 10 of their past 11 games against the Rabbits. I'm quite determined to see how Dylan Edwards and Latrell Mitchell as fullbacks approach their position. As you say, Gabby Dal- Dylan is perhaps the best fullback in the comp. Also with Lachlan Elias and Nathan Cleary, there'll be some interesting game management from these two and kicking if we get to more recent golden point wins that these two have orchestrated for their teams. So the Panthers in their last match against the Knights, it wasn't the usual dominating Panthers side and they're known for trouncing their opponents, but nothing like golden point time and a field goal from Cleary to take the win in a thriller match. I think I was motivated to tip for their opposition last week because I thought they'd be a bit complacent going into that match. We'd obviously seen some great things from the Knights. So the Rabbitohs haven't got a very good completion rate and they definitely need to sort that against Panthers. And the Panthers, 
they've worked out how to suffocate that rabbit toes attack, which they've been which they've done so in recent matches. So they know how to beat them. And Souths haven't worked out how to do that to the Panthers. So I'm comfortably tipping the Panthers with a win. It will be close if the Rabbits play like they did last match, although with Goromatangi missing, they might not be able to get that victory. So I'm calling Panthers for this. Yeah, um, I think the Panthers should win as well. That being said, I really did like how the Rabbitohs played last week. They faced a bit of adversity at the start. They had to fight through that first 40 minutes, and then at the halftime break, they were still still trailing, but they really did a good job to turn that momentum, use that sin bin to really put their foot down against the Dolphins. But uh, the Panthers are a whole different opposition altogether. And I think Penrith will be able to take some lessons from last week and they should they should get the win. Yeah, I'm going Penrith too. Like you said, Lachlan, they'll take a lesson out of get, getting caught up in that Golden Point saga. I think I know that Ivan Cleary said it wasn't their best game, but... Um, if you give South an inch, they'll take a mile. So it'll it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I think Penrith will definitely do it. I'm going to go to the Panthers as well. However, um, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw the Bunnies come out and pump them. It wouldn't even really shock me because when they're on, they're on. And if they can do that on the night, then, yeah, they can easily get the win. But I just don't see it happening. Thank you, everyone. All right, on to the next game. So on Friday, the Parramatta Eels will be taking on the Brisbane Broncos up north in Darwin, which will be an adjustment on heat and humidity for the Eels. Those high temperatures could be the invisible opponent for the Eels as the Broncos are quite experienced training and playing in such challenging weather. Now, some of us might recall the last time these teams met up in late 22, the Eels trounced the Broncos in a final score of 53-6. to Gabby, these two teams, look, they're both coming off some wins. We've got one sort of... In the, at the bottom of the table and one at the top. How is it looking for these two up in Darwin? Yeah, so coming into this game, Brisbane are boasting a pretty impressive 6-1 to one winning record and they're proving to be one of the flashiest attacking sides in the competition. Like every week on the show, we're mentioning the likes of Carrigan and Haas and Reynolds and Walsh and Cobo. Like their whole pack is just consistently good each week. And I've said it before, that consistency is leading them to their success. But Parramatta have started to show some grit coming off two wins against the Tigers and the Bulldogs. I think the inclusion of Sean Lane has been instrumental for them, but they're facing a bit of a bigger challenge this week coming up against the top of the table Broncos. So for the Friday night match, there are a few minor changes to both sides. Parramatta has Josh Hodgson returning to the number nine after missing last week due to illness. This shifts Brandon Hands back to the bench. However, I actually thought Brandon was really strong last week, so I hope we see more of him in the future. Other than that, Bailey Simonson is listed among the reserves after serving his suspension. And for Brisbane, we see two really big returns in Corey Oates, who comes back to the wing after suffering that broken jaw back in round two against the Cowboys. And prop Thomas Flegler is back in the number eight after following HIA protocols. But yeah, as you were saying, Laney, Parramatta have won their past six of their seven games against Brisbane and six of their past eight games in Darwin, one being against Brisbane. So that was a very different Brisbane team back then. This year we're seeing a much stronger and confident team in Broncos. So the game will be a really good one to watch. I don't think I have enough confidence to back Parramatta as they still have a bit to prove when it comes to consistency this year. But 
Brisbane, it's just hard to not back them. It could be we could see a game where Parramatta can make a real big statement and make a return, but it's a bit of a risk to back them, I think. I think Brisbane are doing too well. Yeah, for sure. I think the Broncos are full of absolute weapons, really, and they all know how to win. And I don't think I can say the same for the Eels, I'm sorry, so the Broncos for me. I think Brisbane showed some really good signs last week, having to um, fight back against a little bit of a scare at the start of that game against the Gold Coast. But I think my focus for this week, for this game, is going to be on Darwin footy. Hopefully uh, a big crowd shows up and there's a good atmosphere and hopefully Parramatta keep taking games out there for years to come. I'm kind of with you, Gabby, and everyone else. Uh, shame on me for tipping against the Broncos last week and for tipping against the Eels. Uh, maybe it was the Easter weekend and I thought they'd be full of buns and eggs, but it seems the Broncos had a bit of humble pie and it worked out for them. So heading back into that Titans um, game, they were looking pretty strong. Yeah, this round it makes sense to tip Broncos. Um, and it was good to see your guy, Reese Walsh, out there back in form, you know. Looking good for the Broncos. And, yeah, I think the Broncos are in shape to win this comfortably. So um, the first of the Saturday matches features the Canterbury Bulldogs against the Cronulla Sharks at Sydney Olympic Park. The Sharks have enjoyed um, a win off the field as well as on with Nico Hines signing a long-term contract for the club. Good on him. And the Sharks also overcame the Roosters last round. So Lachlan, the Sharks are six on the ladder. Bulldogs are near the bottom at number 15, perhaps a troubled season ahead with injuries to instrumental players. I had my hopes high last week with the Bulldogs, but both players I caught out to be the difference between inches in the last match or during training. Uh, Lachlan, what can we expect from this matchup on Saturday? Uh, 5.30pm kickoff at Homebush, and the Bulldogs are struggling a bit, I think it's fair to say. They're hosting Cronulla. Bulldogs have been smashed twice in the past two weeks, really. Uh, two blowouts against both South Sydney and Parramatta. And now they're also really struggling with a rising injury toll as well, which isn't helping their cause. Uh, so I've seen Jacob Kraz, unfortunately, go down injured. So he's out. Um, Josh Adokar we saw a few weeks ago, which means both of their starting wingers are gone with Declan Casey and Braden Burns named to start on the wing for this match. Burns returning from injury himself. So, uh, yeah, there's a bit of change-ups in that outside backs Jaden Ockenball, he played at wing last round, but he will shift to the bench. And Jackson Topinay will then drop out to make way for that shift. But over on the other side, Cronulla Sharks coming off a big home win in front of their in front of their fans at Shark Park against the Roosters, 22 to 12. And now they're up in sixth place, as you said. Yeah, it's looking pretty good for Cronulla at the moment with their star halfback re-signed. Um, and he's on a roll at the moment, Nico Hines, absolutely. And they have named the same 17 for this game, which is always a good sign. Uh, Dale Finucane is still a few weeks away. Uh, he's been suspended, but he'll return in time for Magic Round. Canterbury have won just two of their past 11 games against Cronulla, which is a bit of a damning statistic. And for quite a few reasons, I'm pretty confident in saying that Cronulla will get the win. But who knows at this point? Yeah, I agree with you, Lachlan. I think Cronulla will be too strong against the Dogs. I think the dogs have a few things they need to figure out before they can put some consistent wins on the board. So, yeah, Nico's in great shape. And, yeah, Cronulla will do it easy, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Much else I can really say that you guys haven't said already. I think the Sharks have got it. I agree. You've pretty much covered it all. Yeah, I think they're going to be a bit too strong for the dogs. Sorry. Thank you, Lachlan. All right, next matchup we've got. 
On Saturday, we see the North Queensland Cowboys take on the Newcastle Knights up in Townsville. I think it could be a temperature adjustment for the Knights and um, they'll be without their loud and strong home crowd, which turned out for them in their last match against the Panthers. So with the Cowboys home crowd in Townsville to propel them along and the Knights without their fans to uh, a standing ovation um, halfway through the uh, the match. Tell me, Emma, what does this look like? Cowboys have been having a bit of an unusual season. Knights are sort of bouncing back. What can we expect? Yeah, this is a really uh, weird one for me because usually I would think it's Nigsy Cowboys, but this season, not at all. First of all, yeah, it is a Cowboys home game, but it hasn't really helped them out much this year at all. The Cowboys did beat the Knights in our home game against them last year, but as we've said, they've not been performing, yeah, the Cowboys that I know this year. So, And the Knights are, have really surprised me, as I said in the preview um, at the start of the podcast, sorry, they've really surprised me this season. And last week's win, I think, was we'll definitely be fueling the fire for them this week. Betting odds are in the Cowboys' favour, but I'm actually more concerned than ever that this is going to be their fourth loss in a row coming up the coming up against um the Knights who are very informed. So we'll see how we go. But big blow to the Cowboys, in my opinion. Um, we've lost Jason Tamalolo. He's having knee su- surgery, so he'll be out for roughly six weeks. He'll be replaced by Ruben Cotter, who was also battling a knee injury at the start of the season, but seems to be okay now. And I think he's been playing well off the bench. Uh, hopefully there's a good chance for him to step back up and show us what he can do. Our man of many talents, Jake Granville, he'll be coming, moving back to the bench as Jordan McLean is appears to have recovered from his hamstring injury and he'll be returning to prop. For the Knights, I'm pretty sure uh, Knights fans will be pleased to know that Kalen Ponga's journey to Canada was a success and he's been um, cleared to play this Saturday. So that's pretty exciting news. Uh, a lot of people will be very w- nervous watching him if he if he does end up playing. I mean, he's been named, but we'll see see what they decide but yeah he's he seems pretty positive about everything that that he's found out from being over there and he is set to play his 100th game um which I think is a reminder that he is still pretty young um I know 100 games is a lot but really in the scheme of things it's still kind of the early end of his career um so hopefully no more head knocks for him and that we don't cut his career any shorter than it needs to be yeah with Ponga back Tyson Gamble moves to the bench Kurt Mann will start the game at lock. Matt Kroger is going to the bench and Brody Jones is out with a quadricep injury um, from last week's loss to the Panthers. And Jacob Saifidi is returning from a four-game suspension on the bench. So that's the main changes. The Cowboys have scored 32 points or more in their past three games against the Knights in Townsville. So that's a good stat for us to have, I guess. The Knights have had two wins, a draw and a one-point loss in their four games, whereas Cowboys... Well, they've had quite a few losses. Oh, it pains me to say this. I I kind of want to go the Knights um, just because I am planning on using my double point round for the tipping and I'm scared that I'm going to mess it up with the Cowboys. But I know if they win, I'll be even madder at myself. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go the Cowboys again. But if you're following me, probably don't go them. <laughs> they are the favourites, though, so we'll see. I'm going to tip the Cowboys. I think the Knights showed a lot of heart last week, but I'm just not sure that they've shown any consistency whatsoever in their past, you know, decade of football. So I think um, I think the Cowboys can win if they just <laughs> complete their sets, hold the ball, I guess. 
But, but then again, I'm kind of stuck on this bias that the Cowboys are a, a good team. I keep, need to keep reminding myself that they're not actually doing well this season. So yeah, maybe the Knights can do it, but it would be a huge, huge win for the for the Knights if they if they can do it. Shows that they can um build on something, build on that performance last week. I'm going to go in the Knights only because the Cowboys make me too nervous when it comes to backing them. I mean that Knights matchup against the Panthers. I know they lost, but you know I felt like the Knights really deserved to win that that game. They they put a, a lot on the field. I don't know how they'll go this week going and and part of the reason why I say I don't know how they'll go this week coming up is because Kalen's back on the field and I think that might just change the dynamic a little bit amongst the players I don't know so Emma I'm going for the Cowboys this round that's what I like to hear (laughs) don't come at me if they lose (laughs) am I kind of um poking at some kind of a scab here if I ask I mean haven't the Knights been playing well without Kalen I was just about to say that they could do this without, with or without him. They're, yeah. It's real, like, as harsh as this is going to sound, it's almost gone a little bit unnoticed. Like, it's great that he's returning. Great it's his 100th NRL match. But the Knights have been strong without him. And it just goes to show, like, is he really worth the money that he's on? They probably thought he was at the time. Yeah, 100%. But, look, if I was a coach or a manager, I'd be wondering why did I shout out all this money for this guy? And, you know, I've got these others who are, you know, we had sort of second and third string who are doing just as well in the side and able to pull out some great performances. But, yeah, just a little segue, given Kalen Pong is back playing his first game since round two, just quickly, do you guys think he will be named in the Queensland origin team? I don't think he should be, but maybe that's just me. Who do you think should be? That's the the million-dollar question. But, um. I don't know. I'd just, I'd be very nervous naming him. I think it might be a Dolphins player. So not Reese Walsh? Maybe. I just have no clue. I think it really just depends how Kalen comes out and performs, I guess, over the next few weeks. I guess it's as good as mine as to how, how well he does. We've seen that he can, you know, put in some good performances, but, you know, he's not, he's not a kid anymore. We've been talking about him like he has so much potential for so long, but now, you know, he's at the time where he needs to uh, live up to that. Uh, you know what I also think with Kalen is I feel like he is not a 5'8", and I know that's the position he's in there because probably one of the most promising team, um, players, um, but I think he is a fullback, and maybe that's got to play into it a l- little bit as well. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> So for the first Sunday match, we've got the Dolphins going up against the Gold Coast Titans. So the Dolphins are hosting at Lang Park. Emma, the Dolphins are coming off a loss. The Rabbitohs and the Titans are too against the Broncos. What can we expect for this matchup? I mean, this is another Queensland derby that we can look forward to. First time these two will be playing each other. Um, yeah, it could be another Queensland rivalry brewing. As I said at the start of the podcast, both of these teams, um, I think, had their worst second half performance last week they both actually came out looking all right and like they could have possibly won the game and then just I guess if they're coming up against each other this week they've got a whoever wins the second half they play like they did the first half it's whoever can hold on really it seems like the Dolphins are trying to claim Suncorp as their home they've already played there three times this year so oh sorry this is is this a third I don't know anyway they're they're claiming it I think a big addition for the Dolphins with Felice Kofusi is back from suspension. 
However, he is replacing Kenny Bromwich, who's now banned for a week um, due to his dangerous contact on Tane Mill. Uh, Jared Wallace is back from concussion, playing from the bench, which means JJ Collins will move to 18th man. So I think it's good having Kofusi back, but we'll see if he can measure up to, yeah, since Kenny will be gone. But that's their main changes. And then for the Titans, Jojo Fafita will come in on the wing. Philip Sammy is moving to the centres and Aaron Shoup has been dropped. Thomas Mikaeli will play his first game for the club from the bench and Khalees Haas will make his first appearance from 2023 from the bench. Uh, AJ Brimson is in the reserves as he is recovering from his hamstring injury now, so hopefully he'll be almost ready to go, but he is has been named from the reserve, in the reserves. The Dolphins have conceded 96 points in their past three games. Titans have won two of their past three games at Suncorp Stadium, so that's a good start for them. Supercoach Bennett has won 11 of his past 12 games coaching against the Titans, so that's um, a little bit telling for the Titans, but we'll see. Titans winger Alofiana Khan Pereira has scored seven tries in his past five games, but for the Dolphins, both the Hammer and Jermaine Asako are sitting on eight tries for the season. And Dolphins captain Jesse Bromwich has won 15 games from 17 against the Titans. So um, for me, it's stacking up against the Titans, and I'm going to go the Dolphins, but um, we will see. I'm going the Titans a little bit controversially. Not too sure why. I think I've just got written down here, both teams led at half time in round seven and did not win. Yeah, I think maybe the Titans will give the Dolphins a run for their money. This could be my demise this week. Who knows? I'm, I've gone rogue with the tips, but let's go Titans. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Dolphins. Yeah, like you said, they both had really similar losses last week. So they're both maybe coming into it in a similar mindset, both trying to tighten up their defence as well. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that these two sides played each other in the preseason challenge and the Titans actually put it to the Dolphins. So maybe that gives them a little bit of confidence. Otherwise, the Titans have won just nine of 33 matches in at Lang Park throughout their existence. So that doesn't look too good for them. But yeah, should be a good game. Hopefully there's another big crowd for the new Queensland derby. Yeah, I hope there's a big crowd too. Um, and it's... I think it's forecast to be um, beautiful sunny weather. That'll be a great day out for the family. I'm going to go for the Dolphins for this, um, I think, a little bit predictably. Um, I've always found that um, Fidisek Elfusi is perhaps just, you know, such an instrumental player, and I love the fact that he's back out there. Um, I think he's been absent for a while and they've perhaps noticed it. And, look, I'm not... I'm not too annoyed about the Titans losing last week after I tipped them. I think the Dolphins, they'll probably be trying to recorrect after that loss from the preseason against the Titans and they'll be chasing a win. And I think also the Brisbane crowd are perhaps going to be shouting more for them than the Titans. Thanks, Emma. And so final match uh, for Sunday, the West Tigers are back from their bye round and they're facing off against a rather fierce looking Manly Sea Eagles out at Campbelltown. Um, it's a bit far out west for the West Tigers and out of the neighbourhood for the Sea Eagles. Manly are coming off quite a win at Brookvale um, the last round against Melbourne Storm. I've remarked that Manly don't do as well out west, but um, have they found their form after that last match to beat the Tigers this, um, to beat the Tigers this week? Lachlan, what can we expect from this matchup? Well, it's a return to Campbelltown Sports Stadium for the Tigers. First NRL game there since back in round 21 last year. Uh, one of their many home grounds scattered around Sydney. 
4pm Sunday slot, which would normally be the round's last game, but of course, due to Anzac round, uh, we've seen the game stretched out quite a bit. Uh, so before this podcast recording, I was kind of thinking I'd just focus on Manly for this. I thought everyone had kind of said everything that needed to be said about the Tigers. And then the team list dropped. And I did a triple take when I saw the Tigers team list. It's uh, interesting to say the least. So they're coming off a bye. Uh, Charlie Staines played a great game, in my opinion, against Parramatta Eels at fullback, but he's going to shift to the wing. Brandon Wakeham is a straight swap for Adam Dewey um, in the halves, uh, while AJ Kapoa is into centres for the injured Brent Naden. Dane Laurie is a big in on the bench. He hasn't been playing particularly well for the Magpies in reserve grade from what I've seen, but he'll return to the NRL. There's also been some talk around whether his contract will be renewed at the Tigers, but we'll see how that plays out. Tommy Talao is also back on the bench, which means we've got a fullback and an outside back on the bench, which I, I'm not sure how they're going to be used, and that remains to be seen, whether Talao will be moved into the forward rotation or not. I guess it's up to Tim Sheens, but just another interesting thing to look out for on game day. Sean Bloor and Jake Simpkin will miss out. They shift out of the 17, but the big news is Jareem Buller. Uh, he'll make his NRL debut at fullback. There's been quite a bit of talk around him. He's actually shifted over from basketball. He's only got three New South Wales Cup games to his name before this debut. His last New South Wales Cup game was back in round three. So there's obviously that kind of question around whether he has the experience playing, you know, elite level, uh, open-aged football, rugby league. Everyone sings his praises. So I guess what better way to, to see what he's got than give him a shot in the NRL? It just does surprise me a little after Charlie Staines kind of answered the question about who is going to be fooled back against the Eels, but hopefully he does well. Over in the away team's camp, Manly, they had a really significant win last week against Melbourne. Really important in the context of their season, I think, 18-8 to eight, um, against the Storm. Uh, Kelmatua Lungi is out with an injury, but Ethan Bullimore is a straight swap for him. He'll start in the second row. Josh Schuster is back into the halves after a few weeks out with injury, and Ruben Garrick as well back into the side. And Samyala uh, Fainu is named to make his NRL debut off the bench. That's one debut on each for the two sides. Tigers have lost their last four against Manly. Tigers have also, coincidentally lost their past seven NRL games or something. A lot more than that, but in this season at least. I think any memory of them winning is a very long distant one. So Manly by 14, I've got. But they beat the Bly last week, Lachlan. That's not a distant memory. That's recent. (laughs) I I threw a big party for that. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad you celebrated. I'm going to go Manly. Uh, I think they were great against Melbourne last week. They've come into their own a bit. You said it all, Lachlan. It's surprising the team list, actually, for Tigers. Are you happy with it, Lachlan, or are you just perplexed? It's bizarre. I mean, I I actually got to talk to Tim Sheens throughout the week that there was a West Tigers function. Uh, I got to ask him a few questions, which was pretty cool. I'd love to ask him about this team list. This is just so out of left field, but it's so out of left field that it's almost expected from Tim Sheens. He's kind of well known for shifting players' positioning around and stuff, especially back in the 2000s when he took the Tigers to to a premiership. But, yeah, I think what really confuses me, like I get giving a young fullback a shot, but what confuses me is just the use of the bench. Like Dane Laurie and Tommy Talao, I just I don't know what he's going to do with them. 
Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, I'm definitely going Manly. But is it just me, or am I imagining this? We've been saying for like a bunch of weeks that Schuster was coming back, and then he hasn't come back. Is that? Did I imagine that? No, that's been that's been right. Yeah, he keeps getting pulled late. I remember it's been a nightmare for my fantasy team. Well, if he does play on the weekend, I do think that will be another good little bonus for them. But yeah, as we've already said, they played really well last week, and I think they'll be able to continue that on. I think Manly are lucky with the with having Josh Schuster and Cooper Johns to be able to like slip into that six because Cooper played out of his skin last week. So it's kind of a blessing for them to have that depth in that position. Lachlan, I am going to tip the Tigers this week again. Look, it's it's a case of maybe maybe I'm just going to tip them on your behalf um, <laughs> because someone should. <laughs> um, and you and look, I might get lucky. You know, Tim Sheens might end up being the genius here that we've all been just ignoring. And there's a method to his madness, and this could finally be the combination that gets him over the line. So. I'm going for Tigers. All right. Thank you, Lachlan. That was a thrilling preview. And we've got a lot to look forward to for that game. All right. So the next game we've got, it's the uh, first of the Anzac Day matches. Um, So on Tuesday, uh, we look forward to the Sydney Roosters hosting the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Moore Park in Sydney. Roosters are just outside of the eight on the ladder, sitting at number nine. And the Dragons are a loss behind the Roosters and sitting on number 13. With an extra rest day for the teams, it could be high energy from both sides. Who know when they take to the field? So for the teams, for the Roosters, Joseph Manu is wearing the number six jersey and Luke Carey will be the halfback. Sam Walker moves to the reserves and Paul Momorowski is the new centre. So with Nat Butcher out for suspension, the Roosters welcome back Angus Crichton in the second row. I'm sure the team are excited to see him come back as well as fans. And Sitili Tupo-Niwa is named on the team on the interchange bench. So first time playing this year as he was recovering from an ACL injury. So welcome back, Sitili. Hope you remain injury-free for the rest of the season. Um, Nathan Brown is among the reserves and Fletcher Baker is still out for a concussion. So the Roosters may be looking for redemption at home for this match after their past performance. In that last game, the Roosters got three Simbins, which didn't help them. But even with James Tedesco back, it didn't even help their chance against the Sharks. So a lot of errors. Any opportunities they had... They just didn't convert them. Their defence wasn't very good and they need to sort that out. A lot of them is in ineffective tackles. They conceded way too many penalties. And I think even Trent Robinson was surprised by it. I heard a stat, and I don't know if this is true, that if Victor Radley is sin-binned, the Roosters don't win. I don't know if this is true. Um, someone just, I don't know, someone on the panel wants to have a look over it and see whether that stat has any merit. But the Roosters have won eight of their past nine games against the Dragons. So for the Dragons, Anthony Griffin... He's only made one change to his team. Um, that's Jaden Sua. So he's been dropped from the side this week, and in his place is Ben Murdoch-Masila coming into the starting squad at second row. But I tell you, when I look at the Dragons' stats post-game, it seems the same story all the time. More possession, more metres with good attack, line breaks, offloads, but no win. And in their last game, the two sin bins against the Raiders should have been the switch for them to lift. They just lacked the hunger and the drive to go for the throat and punish when a team is down. So for a mascot that's about burning up their opposition, they seem to be only burning their opportunities. Please tell me if I'm being harsh, but it's perhaps just a little bit frustrating for a Dragons fan when there's a lot of promise and there's no victory. But they have some good players on their team, like, you know, Tsautau Monga and Mikaela Ravalawa. But, yeah, anyway. So the Roosters seem to have a high win rate at this venue, but last game didn't show they were able to return the form and reputation that they're known for. 
and compared to the Roosters, the Dragons scored more points against their opposition, leading at halftime and then often letting it slip away and then getting a loss again. I just And then the misconversions in their last two games where the points difference could have decided um, them getting into extra time, um, you know, or like squaring up. I even decide to pull up when opposition players with um, Sinbin. I, I'm just a little bit confused by this team. I know, Gabby, you've often said that they're deceiving. Um, I don't know if the word for me is deceiving or just unable to to like really realise their potential. I'm a little unsure about this one because, you know, these teams are looking kind of even on paper, but I have gone with the Roosters. Uh, they're at home. They play well at home. Uh, they're hoping to shut up us, uh, who have often questioned their commitment and their skill. Um, and I think they will be propelled by that in order to pull out a win. And the Dragons, um, I'm just not sure. I am going to go Roosters. Um, I don't really have much else to say other than what you've already said, Lainey, but I just think they're uh, as disappointing as sometimes that they have been a little bit all over the place. I think they're still a lot stronger side than the Dragons. Um, but I hope that the Dragons can prove me wrong. Also, I looked up that stat and it seems like you're right. Um, Victor Radley has been Sinbin like five times that I can see and they lost each time. I'm going to go the Roosters as well. I think just based on their ends, I think they'll be stronger with Angus Crichton coming back in and Paul Momorowski, I really like him. I'm still standing by my comment, what are we, eight weeks in, that the Dragons are deceitful. Um, Yeah, there's not much else to say about them. But, yeah, the Roosters, I think Anzac Day match, that momentum will get them fired up and, yeah, hopefully we see a turn in the Roosters. There was such big chat about them pre-season and they've got the team to do it. They're just sort of not giving it their all or something. Yeah, I think Roosters. Um, I feel for Dragons fans a little the past few weeks. They've come pretty close. They haven't played badly either, really. I don't think it'll be easy for the Roosters, but I think they should win, especially in front of a very loud home crowd on Anzac Day. So for the final game um, of the round, it's also on Tuesday. Um, I'll be watching this one with bated breath as Gabby's team, the Melbourne Storm, take on my team, the New Zealand Warriors in Melbourne. Um, That was quite a past performance from the Storm at Brookvale, Gabby. According to Twitter, there were some choice words from fans about the loss. Uh, Warriors fans were pretty happy about uh, the outcome of uh, their matchup. Coming into this, you know, it's it's Tuesday. It's a little bit of an extra day of rest. What does it look like uh, with these two teams coming up against each other? Yeah, so the annual Anzac Day match, I know that all Storm and Warriors fans love this game. Melbourne have won their past six Anzac Day clashes against the Warriors and the Warriors haven't won since 2014. But we are seeing some uncharacteristic signs out of both of these teams with Melbourne having three losses so far. And on the other hand, Warriors are now a top four side. So this game has a potential to be very different compared to recent years, given the outcomes of the past seven rounds. So for Melbourne, coming up off that loss against Manly, uh, we see the return of Nick Meany to fullback, which will be a bit of relief. I know I said last week that I loved watching Munster at fullback. I retract my statement. I think he got found out a little bit back there and Tom Trevojevic especially sort of made it known that he was the dominant fullback on the day. Um, Yeah, he wasn't his strongest monster, so I'm glad he's going back to the halves. Big Nelson, Asafa Solomona, is 
making his much needed return back from his knee injury. So that's a good inclusion as Tui Kamakamika has been suspended from last week. For the Warriors, Maratha Niakore returns from a two-game suspension. So he'll slot back into the second row alongside Jackson Ford. So that pushes Josh Curran to the Warriors bench. So with that inclusion of Niakore, that's the only change that Andrew Webster is making to the 17. Um, Wade Egan was cleared to return after following HIA protocols. However, the clubs decided to give him another week on the sideline. So Freddie Lussick will remain in the number nine. That's the only changes for the Warriors side, really, for the 17. If I wasn't a Storm supporter, I'd probably back the Warriors this week. Um, I thought the Warriors were brilliant against the Cowboys. Sean Johnson would played out of his skin. Dylan Walker was also a standout. Hopefully, with a bit of normality back to the Storm structure, they can get the win. But Warriors are making some big statements of late, and it could be detrimental against the Storm on Anzac Day. So, yeah, I'm going to back the Storm, but this is going to be a good one. Yeah, at first glance, um, to me, in I guess in past years, it would be an easy Storm. But this season, um, we did see a pretty slow start from Storm. And the Warriors have just continued to impress me. And I think they're building something and um, stronger and stronger. Um, Storm is seeming to be back to, well, actually, I don't know. I thought they were kind of making a bit of a comeback, uh, finding more of their groove that, that, that we've seen in the past. But I'm not convinced that they've fully found it yet. It's actually tossing up between these two for this one. I'll probably end up changing in the end. I think I'm still going to go Storm, but. I think the Warriors can do it. I think they have the potential to. I'm going to go Storm. Um, I'm going to go Storm as well. But I think if I was smart, I'd jump on the Warriors train right now because they are looking really good. Yeah, they're, they're third. I Every time I see that, I'm like, whoa, New Zealand Warriors, third. Good on them. Even though we we're talking in the off-season about how, you know, the whole return to New Zealand, the return to their actual home, you know, might make a difference. To be honest, I didn't really believe in much of that within myself, but what do you know? They're up in third. That being said, I'm going to tip the storm <laughs> against a lot of what my brain is saying. But uh, Melbourne's Melbourne, despite some of their recent showings. I think they can get the job done. I think, Lachlan, last week you tipped against the Warriors and you said for no real reason. <laughs> I think is what you said. Wow, I tipped the Warriors and they got a great win. So I was happy about that. Gabby, I think it's pretty predictable. I am going to go um, for Warriors. I'm going to back my team. Um, you know why. I think the Warriors forwards might be a little bit stronger um, this time round. And also, I can't be sure Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes is as effective as uh, Sean Johnson, but the Storm backs are quite formidable in high-stress situations. Although I think the Warriors back backs could probably match them. So I'm going to go for Warriors. I hope it's a good game. Um, it's in Melbourne. I've just checked the weather. It looks like it's going to be great conditions. So there's none of the slipping around bad footy, you know, poor passes. So I, look, this could be the, um, you know, the blockbuster for the end of the Anzac long weekend that we are hoping to see in quality football. It'll be exciting. It'll be good for Anzac Day. And there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you, Gabby, Emma and Lachlan. Thanks for tuning in, and we truly appreciate your support. 
Hope you can tune in regularly. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Or read about our panellists for all our shows at our website at mojosports.com.au. Please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word. Wishing your team a great round of footy and no injuries. And until next time, take care of yourself and each other.